0: Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to another episode of Drive Into the Basket. I'm Mike, your host, and I hope you're all doing very, very well on this Friday. Uh, First off, apologies for the late post date. As many of you know, I typically post on Wednesday mornings. In the event, uh, travel sort of got in the way, travel and poor planning on my part, hence me posting on Friday instead. Hope some of you will catch this in time for your Friday commute home. In any event, uh, let's get right to it. This is going to be another episode in the Seasons and Review series. And today we're going to be talking about Alec Burks and Isaiah Stewart. And you know, I realize as I'm recording this that I'm still doing the <laughs> season reviews. I've only got a couple left. That'd be for uh, Jalen Duran and Jaden Ivy, both of whom I might give their own episode. I haven't figured that out quite yet. But it's 25th of August, and preseason is only about six weeks away. So pretty excited. This has been an extremely long off season. Hopefully, the off seasons will start. Well, it's been as long as as the last two, but. Oh, actually, no, excuse me, two off-seasons ago was shorter. That was the that was the abbreviated off-season. Uh, whatever the case, this all goes just to say that I hope that the Pistons off-seasons will be getting shorter and shorter in coming years as they are playing well into April and May and so on and so forth. And that eventually, well, hopefully in the not-too-distant future, we're not going to be worrying too much about lottery odds. And goodness gracious me, please spare me the... Like borderline agony of needing to watch games late in the season and be stressed out as if the Pistons are going to be able to lose or not. I hate that. I really, truly do. Anyway, I'm feeling pretty good about next season, but uh, we'll talk about that at a later date. So let's get into the analysis, shall we? So we'll start with Isaiah Stewart. So Stewart had a bit of a truncated year, only 50 games played, 47 of which he started. He had some shoulder issues this year, which ended his season very prematurely. Pistons probably could have brought him back near season's end, but there was a combination of, hey, we're tanking, and we just want to lose games, and also, why rush him back? I would imagine these are the two factors anyway. Obviously, I don't know behind the scenes, but yeah, so why rush him back? Give him time to recover, and he'll be back next season. Though, I would guess if that's the case, then Stewart, uh, who... As we all know, he really just wants to be out there and play basketball like anyone else. Probably more than more than the average uh, than the average NBA player even. And Stewart's a highly motivated guy. It was probably frustrating for him, but in any event, yeah. So 50 games played, 47 games started, 28 minutes per game, and he averaged about 11 and a half points, eight rebounds, one and a half assists on 44-33-74 shooting. Split his time almost evenly between power forward and center. He started the season at center, then moved to power forward in early December after a period of injury and for those first few games he was playing power forward on offense and center on defense because he was out there with marvin bagley and the pistons very well may or excuse me dwayne casey very well may have plans for that to be the a duo in the starting lineup it would be uh, stewart and marvin bagley from you know from the beginning of the season versus what we got versus that awful um incredibly short unathletic front court that we got i'll talk about that in a moment. So, in any event, Stewart ended up playing yeah, power forward on offense while Bagley played center on offense and, and Stewart played center on defense while Bagley, of course, who was absolutely horrible defending at center, whereas Stewart's pretty darn strong. Uh, they had that arrangement. That only lasted three games until Bagley ended up on the bench and Jalen Duran ended up starting at center, after which Isaiah was playing power forward on both ends. And if I recall correctly, spent the vast majority of uh, the rem- you know the remainder of the season playing power forward. Uh, He missed, again, a lot of the time, a lot of time in the late season due to a shoulder injury that happened in early to mid January. And it kind of cost him quite a bit in the way of performance, at least on offense in particular, late in the season as well, Uh, particularly as a shooter. And Stewart really drastically changed the way he played on offense, even when he was at center early in the season. Uh, He just took a ton more threes. And uh, I mean, he had been a primarily interior focused center. But you know, it's the effect of about, if I remember correctly, about uh, you know, somewhere between eighty-five and ninety percent attempt rate uh, percent of his field goals, excuse me, were from the interior in his first two seasons. And even when I when he was at center, I mean he was being used chiefly as a floor spacer. He was doing some center things, but Isaiah just isn't really all that great at those, unfortunately. Again, talk about that in a bit. So uh, kind of hard to pick apart his stats at center versus power forward unfortunately, you know, statistics, uh, statistical interfaces aren't quite that robust. But uh, let's talk about his early time at center. I mean, if you go and look at just some really, really basic statistics, like for example, and these, these tend to be, well, have been accurate in my opinion for Stewart in his, in his first two seasons, like uh, defensive field goal differential, which is how opponents shot uh, versus their own individual averages against him. And you know the various defensive zones. Well, not the various defensive zones, like restricted area instead of six feet, instead of ten feet, and so you know the 3.1 point and, and so on. Um, those were, if you look at those right now, they don't. You know, for for this last season, they don't look particularly good. That's in part. Or they don't look as good. That's in part because it's just difference him playing the vast You know, the majority, or excuse me, right around fifty percent. You can't remember one of them. I think he played a little bit more at center, but. Time of power forward, he's just not as strong defensively at that position. And his time starting at center, he was in a lineup that emphasized all of his weaknesses. So when he started the season, again, I don't think that the Pistons have been planning on doing this. I think that Bagley was going to be starting alongside Stewart. And again, just playing center on offense, playing role man, a primary interior finisher. Bagley's strong in those, uh, while Stewart basically just shot threes, which is what he did alongside Duran, And then Stewart would... You know, be the the interior guy, and uh, spare us needing to watch Marvin Bagley try to play defense at center. And don't get me wrong, Bagley's still pretty bad on offense at uh, on the perimeter, but not nearly as bad as he is at center. He's still real bad, but not even close to as bad. So instead, we got treated to a front court of Sadiq Bay, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Stewart. Bay managed to decline for reasons that still remain entirely unclear to me like completely inexplicable from serviceable defender the season before to horrendous defender in this last season and what was his last like uh, 60% of a season with the Pistons Boyan, of course is a pretty bad defender himself and it just left Stewart and the the team and Stewart uh, as well in, in a bad position I mean the three of them you had the most undersized front court in the NBA without a doubt the least athletic front court in the NBA without a doubt it was it was just a problem in all sorts of ways and it caused problems for Stewart defensively, and Stewart is generally a strong interior defender with just a, a few weaknesses that that can be issues. But uh, you know, for, for the most part, he's a pretty darn strong interior defender, or just a pretty darn strong center defender at center rather. But where his weaknesses lie, and I apologize if you've heard me say this before, are I mean they're athletic in nature. Basically, if Isaiah Stewart had the leaping ability of like an you know, Onyako Kongmu, then he'd probably be a you know, perennial uh, all-defensive you know, all defensive team candidate. Uh, but he doesn't. I mean, he's, he's got great length, but... And he's very strong. I mean, he's got very solid lateral mobility, particularly on switches. However, as in terms of his foot speed, he's slow. He's not explosive at all, and he is not a good weeper. And when he was playing alongside Boyan and Bay and Ivy, who and I'll talk about this in, in... Well, again, I haven't decided if I'll do a full episode on Ivy, but I'll, I'll talk about him in the, the next episode or two was uh, arguably even worse than Boyan, probably even worse than Sadiq. I, Ivy really struggled on defense. So the upshot was that Stewart was surrounded by three bad defenders, like three genuinely bad defenders. And Stewart's, you know, where, where it's going to start causing him trouble is if he needs to relocate a significant distance in the interior because he can't get there in time to both do that. I mean, he can't both relocate and jump to contest the shot. So he'd find himself needing to just chronically relocate to stop one of his, you know, the sieves, the three sieves around him. He'd put it that way. Basically, a lot of penetration got through. He, he just, he had to put out a lot of fires, to put it that way. And if he had to dash out, you know, dash from a significant distance of the way, significant distance away, pardon me, to get to the basket, to get in between a guy who had gotten past Ivy, or or Boyan, or Bay, and get between that guy and the basket, he wasn't going to get there in time to also jump and challenge. And again, Isaiah's is a very, very poor leaper. So he'd often just get scored over. Also, I mean, Stewart, another one of the manifestations of that uh, those, those athletic weaknesses is that if somebody gets by him, he's not going to be, he's not one of those guys who can kind of turn and sky and block a shot from behind. So, I mean, if he's, he, like, there are instances in which Like the average player might have been able to, the average center might have been able to do a little bit differently. Like you get there a little bit late, a guy gets past you. Still, you have a little chance to fly in and contest the shot. If you even if you can't block it, Stewart can't do that either. So basically, he was just put into a situation that really emphasizes weaknesses. Stewart, on the whole, is a very strong interior defender. He is a a pretty darn strong straight-on rim protector. He is a strong paint protector, and he is a strong switch defender. But this situation just emphasized all of his weaknesses. So he struggled at defense and center, on, on defense at center, rather. He is susceptible to that. Again, it's his athletic weaknesses that are really, that really put a ceiling on him in the NBA. I love Isaiah. Not everybody needs to be a star. He's not a star. He's a role player. That's fine. The vast majority of NBA players are role players. And, you know, I love what he brings. In terms of his you know his mentality, his professionalism, his work ethic, and and he's definitely got some assets to offer on the court as well, needless to say. So and then when he moved to power forward on defense, so I've seen sort of a you know some questions as to well, you know, Isaiah's a really good switch defender. You know, why can't, you know, why can't he be a strong defender or power forward? So It's not all about switch defense. I mean, when you're playing a perimeter defensive role, it's not just going to be, oh, here, like my opponent has switched on me and he's going to try to isolate from the perimeter on in. There is a lot of chasing guys through the interior, chasing guys around screens, stuff like that. That's where Isaiah's poor foot speed, poor explosiveness kind of came to hurt him at power forward. And so the result was that he was more just kind of an average defender. A power forward. I mean, he's still had his assets. He's still a very smart defender. He's long. He's great at contesting shots. But off the ball, it's yeah, it's it's not just switch defense. It's standard perimeter defense. And if you make Isaiah try to cover ground through the interior, for example, and you saw this with Golden State. Like if you want to see a good a good example of this, and I'm not comparing Stewart to Horford, and I really dislike that comparison because Horford has things that that Isaiah never will terms of his basketball IQ, for example, and his passing ability. Horford's one of the smartest players in the league, even now, also age, like, I think 36 or something like that. Horford is more athletic than, than Isaiah Stewart, you know, was in his third season in the NBA, but you look at what Golden State did with Horford, basically just make him chase guys through the interior and he's likely to get there late and Stewart suffers from that. He has to go under every screen because he's never going to be able to chase guys around screens. And so on. So he has his weakness as a power forward. He also cannot play really a lick of weak side rim, de- uh, you know, rim. excuse me, weak side rim defense. Man, what's wrong with me today? I keep tripping over my words. Basically, he is not going to come out of nowhere to sky and block a shot. He's unlikely to even come out of nowhere to contest a shot because he's just, he doesn't have that explosiveness. And he's, again, just a, a pretty darn poor Leaper. All of this is to say that on defense, he did not have the impact he had had in his first two seasons. You know, that is what it is. It was a, a combination of circumstances really acting against him during his time starting at center, and then it power forward, him just not really having the tools to be more than kind of an average guy there. Now, as we look to offense, so as I mentioned, Stewart really changed up the way he played on offense. He became much more of a perimeter shooter, and it was kind of a mixed bag, but not because he was bad as a shooter. So, he started out slow like in his first five games or so, and then picked it up you know long before his shoulder injury and in early to mid january which really kind of put a nail into into his season as as far as his shooting went. I mean he never just he never got it got it back together after that. But in the 30 games prior to his shoulder injury, he shot close to 40 percent on around three and a half wide open catch and shoot, three point attempts per game, it was skewed a bit because he shot 52 percent in November, but he shot 36 and a half percent in December. and that's a solid mark. That's of course when he was uh, chiefly when he was starting a power forward, and his role pretty much was to just take wide open standstill threes and try to attack the occasional closeout and you know maybe try to get the odd offensive rebound. But I believe in Isaiah Stewart shooting. I believe in Isaiah Stewart shooting since he was a rookie in the league. I think he's got the touch. I think he'll get there. I think Isaiah will ultimately be a high thirties guy on, on chiefly wide open threes. So I, I know it could. If you just were to look solely at his splits on the season in C33, might look a little bit depressing. I would look at, at the period in particular in which, yeah, slow start, whatever. You can you can say what it is about that. That slow start was only about five games, and then after his injury, things really went off the rails. But after that slow start and for a very significant part of the season, he was shooting pretty well. I don't expect to gotta really routinely shoot 50% in a month, but I think that he's going to be a genuinely reliable standstill uh you know wide open catch and shoot guy so you know that's that's obviously big assets with isaiah i think it's more it's less that you know oh hey look he can do this i mean it's going to make him really valuable i think (laughs) in just viewed in the lens of how limited he is on offense i think it's more just that he has to do it to avoid being a negative because you know the guy's obviously got no off the dribble game that's not a huge issue in itself but uh, his handle is pretty poor he's not going to be attacking guys off the dribble even if he can beat them with his first step which he can't because he doesn't really have much of one and can't play above the rim, kind of just like an average finisher. And if you're below the rim finisher, that uh, that makes things pretty difficult. Can't really play on the roll super well. It's hard to get him the ball. Again, he can't catch lobs, not a strong finisher. So he's got his weaknesses on offense. And that shooting, I think, is going to be really key for him. And I, again, I think he'll get there. In terms of his overall offensive impact, despite the fact that the shot was there for most of his season, he only played 50 games. This was a 30-game span. Again, the, the majority of the rest, he played with a shoulder injury. You know, Isaiah has his issues on offense. I just listed them. And I believe his shooting is actually more valuable at center. Now he does have his share of offensive limitations at center. Again, finishing, roll man, etc. cetera. But if you play him at center alongside four other the shooters, then, you know, you've got a solid spread offense. He's still strong at setting screens. And, you know, he finds ways to be useful. And if you just absolutely cannot leave him open or anybody else in the court open at the three-point line, then that's, that's a valuable characteristic. And the shooting at power forward is more just, okay, well, he can fulfill this bare minimum requirement, you know, for just about any perimeter player if you've got to be able to shoot. And even if he can shoot in the high 30s, I mean, that's solid, but the fact is that the guy, even then, will have very, very little, you know, just very little to offer, even as a shooter, because Isaiah's not beating anybody from off the ball. He just he does not have that mobility. Basically, when he's going to get shots is when he is left open, he's left wide open, and he can just basically catch the ball and and shoot it without any contest from a set position. Uh, just the the, the poor off ball mobility. You know he's not going to be he's not going to be exploiting into an open lane. He has trouble even attacking closeouts because his handle is just pretty poor, and it's likely that the defense is going to be able to get there and and uh, and reset relatively well and just because it's going to take him a, a fairly long time to to get to the rim obviously can't elevate at the rim either as his, his touch at the rim is you know off the drive is, is sort of meh uh, he's not the greatest passer he's you know he's a willing passer certainly there is nothing selfish at all like Isaiah Stewart is in the like 100th percentile unselfish NBA player the guy doesn't care about doing anything but but making the right play for his team but there, there's not really necessarily much there either so it's just there's a significant opportunity cost playing at power forward, of not being able to give it to another guy who's going to be more mobile. And again, that's that's just it comes back to that being Isaiah's biggest limitation is just his, his his athleticism. So on offense, didn't have the greatest season either. I hope that ultimately he'll he'll end up being just primarily playing backup center with maybe some spot minutes at power forward, because I just I just don't see it for him at power forward. So on the season though, I mean, kind of development season, trying new things, you know, I'd give, I'd give Isaiah, you know, like a solid, you know, B minus on the season overall. Uh, he didn't produce super well on either end. Again, at center, that was largely just horrible circumstances. And well, just give the guy a B. Why not? But, you know, he had his injury to contend with also, and he was playing power forward. It was just circumstances, bad circumstances at center, and then put, you know, played in a position, a starting position, you know, not only that position, but also as a starter to which is not really all that ideally suited but he went out there and played his typical brand of extremely high effort basketball, high effort team for first basketball did the, all, all the things off the score sheet you could expect of him just in terms of just working maniacally hard. And yeah, I I've always, I will always really appreciate Isaiah Stewart and I'm glad he's been, you know, I'm I'm happy about the extension. I think it's, it's a good price and I'm glad he's going to be on the team. And again, he's a role player. He'll, he'll fit in wherever the, the team judges it best. And you know, we'll see where that is. I'm, I feel uh, like unless James Wiseman really works out, which uh, I know there are a lot of doubts about, I have, I have a certain amount of doubts there. Uh, I'd, I'd say Stewart's future is probably just as his, his backup center, which is fine by me. Okay. Uh, let's move on to Alec Burks. So Burks, 51 games played, eight games started, 22 minutes per game, averaged about 13 points, three rebounds, two assists on 43 and a half, 41 and a half, uh, 81 and a half shooting at uh, 60% true shooting. And Burks came out of almost sort of nowhere. Though I mean like Burks has has always been a I mean, he's he's a decent bench gunner. He was dumped from from the Knicks as part of the deal that also brought Nerland's Noel and I believe a couple of second round picks in order to open up space to uh to sign Jalen Brunson after Brunson had, oh, well, my goodness, you know, my father's the assistant coach. Are you really going to, you know, tell us that uh, that a father can't discuss his son's, you know, can't discuss his son's basketball future with him? You know, and if he makes it known that maybe the contract of this size could conceivably be offered, you know, by by the New York Knicks for which you, you know, for whom he works, surely there's nothing wrong in that. Yeah, in any event, uh, Brunson ended up going to the Knicks and uh, occupying some of the cap space that this deal opened. Uh, basically the Pistons were largely responsible for that cap space being open in the first place because they took on Noel, they took on Burks, and they took on Kemba Walker, which was, uh, I believe, close to $30 million in cap space open for the Knicks. Whatever the case, uh, he came out of nowhere, not nowhere, but he he came in and he's surprised, basically. He he came in and he was an unexpectedly very, very solid bench player. Had a career year of sorts at age 31. He did miss a fair amount of time due to injuries that were a mix of actual and Hey, we're tanking here. We don't want you back in the court wait in, in the season, but... Excellent shooter, very high quality bench guy, really the, for what it's worth, the best on off of, of any major rotation player on the team by, you know, by a lot at about plus 10. Just a guy who is just ideally suited to come off, you know, to come out off the bench and give you good minutes. Strong veteran leader, uh, did a, you know, surprisingly somewhat decent job as a creator. Uh, he had that game in, in late December in which he like almost had the, the all time perfect game for the Pistons. He had 32 points. He missed one shot. You know, if you want to look at it from uh, from stacky's perspective uh, he had 117 percent true shooting <laughs> which is you know about as about as good as it sounds yes you can't have over 100 true shooting he missed that first three-point shot really really late in the game and i, I was just wondering it's like dude just leave the game you know doing case you take them not blaming casey but it's like why well, shoot it you know the game is effectively over already but anyway just on to his actual performance uh, Upwards of 50% from three when left wide open. about 41% when west wide open. Uh, NBA.com defines wide open as the closest defender more than six feet away when the shot is attempted. Wide open is four to six feet. Uh, primarily in above the break guy too, which is great. That's where you most effectively space the floor. Uh, he was a top 15 catch and shoot guy, right up there with Boyan. Just remarkably consistent. He shot well over 40% in the first three months of the season before tailing off a bit in February. And not just a catch and shoot guy, he created some offense as well particularly from the three-point line. He's a 40% pull-up shooter on about two three-point attempts per game. He did okay on low volume when he was asked to create something out of nothing. You know, decent enough pull-up two-point guy when he was left open, though not great when he was contested. Uh, doesn't really attack the rim all that much. Uh, just a pure shooter, pretty much. 376 jumpers versus 58 layups and one dunk, though he's somehow managed to get to the free-throw line quite a bit nonetheless. A shifty, just a pure, quick i um, sorry, I think you're hearing, uh, I hope you're not hearing my phone here. But if you did, sorry about that. So yeah, pure quick stroke, safe with the ball, doesn't turn it over very much. A decent passer, nothing special, but, but he can make the pass, can make the right pass. Not the greatest defender by any means, but not a disaster either. He's the sort of guy who's going to help out any bench. And I think the Pistons really appreciated both his elite floor spacing and his veteran presence. He was just a, by by all accounts, a solid, steady veteran guy. So not as much to say about him as about Stewart. Obviously, when you're looking at a, a role player, just chiefly a floor spacer who's coming off the bench at age 30, 31. And there's just less to say. I mean, Burks is a straightforward player. And uh, he, he was, I'd say, really up there in the league in terms of bench players. Not like a six-man-of-the-year candidate, you know, by any means, but, but a strong bench player, you know, a strong bench player, a strong elite floor spacer. And it's just a steady presence. Played chiefly at shooting guard. And I think I just tripped over my words for about the 50th time in this episode, which is kind of pissing me off. So in terms of his year, I mean, I'd give Alec Burks like a solid, you know, for uh, given his role, I'd, I'd give him like a, you know, a solid a minus. I know, you know, maybe I'm being generous there, but he did exactly what was asked of him. He came off the bench and spaced the floor at an elite level and did some creation as well when he was called upon to do so. You know, maybe you inch him into B plus territory when you, when you take into account his defense, which really wasn't all that great. So yeah, somewhere in that range. High B-plus, whole A-minus. So uh, going into next season, I, I think it's kind of similar to Boyan. And, uh, I mean, I'd be surprised if Alec Burks were, I know this is more of kind of like a season preview sort of thing, but uh, he's, he's a valuable he was a valuable player this season to have alongside the team's youth, and I think he will be next season as well. And uh, I've had it asked well, or I've seen it asked rather well, you know, if the Pistons should move on to Boyan, why not do that and just move Alec Burks in the starting lineup? And uh, Burks doesn't offer as much as Boyan does. I mean, Boyan is just like a truly elite off-ball player in, in a variety of ways, whereas Burks is chiefly just a, a catch-and-shoot guy you who know, can do some pull-up shooting. Also, basically, you want to play him next to Ivy. It means fielding Burks at, uh, at small forward, and, you know, he can do it. It's really just not an ideal position for him. Just offers a less there in general. But the fit between he and Monte Morris, who doesn't really do a ton of penetration either, uh, attempts a lot of pull-up mid-range offense is is going to be interesting well this actually turned out to be a substantially shorter than i expected episode Uh, i guess that's probably because i I wrote down quite a bit about alec burks but because he's pretty much a very straightforward player who just came off the bench and did exactly what was asked of him last season nothing glamorous about it nothing ambiguous about it that there i really just blew through that section so in any event uh that will be it for today's episode Again, next episode will either be Jaden Ivey or Jalen Duran or the both of them. Haven't gotten that figured out yet, but, you know, excited to say that we're getting closer and closer to NBA basketball for the 2023-2024 season. So in any case, folks, as always, want to thank you all for listening. I'll catch you in next week's episode.